0: Hello, hello, you fabulous interior design professional. I am so happy you're here. I'm Kimberly Seldon, Advocate and Chief at Business of Design and a very busy interior designer like so many of you, like so many of you. Oh my goodness. In fact, in this episode, you're going to hear it's a holiday weekend here in Canada. It is Thanksgiving weekend. I'm looking out my window and I see the most Beautiful fall colors in front of me, reds and yellows, just vibrant and alive. It happens to be a spectacular fall foliage this year. Never seen anything quite like it. And yes, I'm working on a weekend. Now, why would that be the case? That's the case because on Wednesday, I'm leaving to take my mother in law to Las Vegas. She hasn't traveled in a few years, and that's her happy place. So, we're going to take her for a few days. And then I'm going to Charleston and Savannah for planning the Business of Design Elite Retreat in April of 2023. And then I'm heading back to LA because we are welcoming and launching our second boss group, which is just epic. And then I'll be back to work on projects. But in the meantime, boy, did I have to do a lot of work in order to make sure the projects are moving forward strongly. And in addition to my real job, which is interior design, I also have the pleasure of working with business of design with all of you guys. And so I asked Ryan to come on the podcast today and talk to us about some of the things we might be able to do to make our work with contractors, with sub-trades run more smoothly. Are there things that we could be paying attention to that would allow us to do our jobs better? Ryan is one half of the dynamic duo known as Scott Ryan Holmes. They met when they were in school for construction at George Brown College, and they've been working together for 12 years and building a following for themselves. I was introduced to them a few years ago. I think I say in the interview it was two years, but it was right as COVID was kind of kicking off. And we had a project that we really wanted to do that was kind of outside our normal zone for projects. So none of our contractors wanted to go to that particular area, but I love these clients and I I wanted to do this job. So so, uh, Ryan was uh, introduced to me and you know how it is when you're going to begin a job with a new contractor you've never worked with. It's terrifying. I was so anxious about it. And I told the clients, look, he's highly recommended, but I don't know if things go off the rail, then we'll figure out how to make it better. But I'd like to take a shot with this new contractor. And they agreed. And boy, was I happy I did. That's happened to me twice in the last five years. I've gotten two new contractors who are spectacular. So they're out there But you know as well as I do, you can also have the opposite. You can have a run where you meet trade after trade, and they're just not going to be part of your A-team. So anyway, Ryan is jumping on the podcast today to just give us some tips on how we can work together more efficiently with our contractors. And keep in mind, it's early on a Sunday morning holiday weekend. His kids just left the house, so (laughs) he's squeezing this in like I am. He's a good sport for even agreeing to do this. We'll get right into the show, but first, you know who's in charge at Business of Design, right? Cheryl Horn. We're really glad you're here.
1: It has been a couple of very busy months at Business of Design. Uh, We are just wrapping up boss season, as I've started calling it, because such a large portion of what I do all through September and October is dedicated to our boss groups. Uh, They are given quite a bit of homework beforehand uh, before each meeting and uh, that all needs to be compiled by team bod and uh, managing all of that is really fun because it's i get to take a look at how far our boss members have come and for our new group where everybody is starting out um, and and put all that together but then also once the boss uh, groups actually meet For the meetings that I don't get to be part of, I get to follow along on social, and it looks like so many of our listeners and business of design members and community follow along as well, because as soon as our meetings take place, I start getting a lot of inquiries for the next year, uh, because who doesn't want to be a boss? We are already accepting applications for our next group, which doesn't launch until next year, but space is super limited, and it's really awesome because so many of our boss members I have been emailing with and talking to on the phone, maybe I've met them at retreats, but uh, we've gotten to know them over the last you know several years. So if you are interested, uh, it is never too early to put in that application again. Spots are limited, so if you're interested, check it out on the website, submit that application, reach out to me with questions. Uh, we are already you know planning for that next group. But in the meantime, though we've got some other events that are coming up in 2023. Um, you know, our events are kind of wrapping up for this year, but we are all hands on deck already prepping for next year. So uh Australia, let's talk about that one. Uh Kimberly and Janine are gonna be heading to Australia for March 6th and 7th to do a two-day intensive BOD 15. If you are already using the BOD15 and you need clarification or a refresher on the steps, join us. If you are brand new to business of design, join us. Being able to, you know, learn the steps live, ask questions on the spot and really make sure that you are walking away with everything you need to know is, you know, a really great opportunity even if you are already a member and taking the steps online, you know, for so many, I'm saying, go ahead, take them online first, and then still join us for that live session. The, you know, the live coaching aspect of that is something that we don't get to do all that often. And of course, Team BOD doesn't get to Australia that often. So this is kind of a, a one-time thing. It might be a while before we get this opportunity again. And then sort of as a bonus for that um, one of our longtime members and boss member uh, who's actually started doing some coaching with us, specifically in Australia, Jody Carter, will be joining us. Um, she's been on the podcast previously. Um, I think the last episode she was on was actually called, Yes, It Works Here Too, because that is a question we get all the time, not just in Australia, from members in UK and around the world um, that you know they know Kimberly is a working designer. In Canada and the US so they want to know if these systems work elsewhere and we actually get a lot of debate about whether or not they do um, so Jody's gonna join in that conversation and touch on you know how it does work there because she is a walking testament to how these steps can work anywhere in the world and she really does she's implemented them in her business and follows the the textbook version the BOD 15 exactly as they are prescribed so it's really great to get that perspective as we are teaching everyone the BOD 15. So again, registration's open for that. We do have early bird pricing, uh, which ends in two weeks on uh, November 15th. So please make sure you register before then uh, to get in on that pricing. And of course, as with all of our events, uh, there's also member preferred pricing. So that you will get access to as well. And then last but not least, I'm also gonna mention the BOD Elite Retreat Charleston. That is happening April 27th to April 30th. And uh, that is shaping up. Kimberly just got back from a planning trip for that. We are going to stick in uh, with just Charleston. We were hoping to do a day trip to Savannah, and there's just so much to do in Charleston. Uh, Savannah will have to be a a separate retreat all on its own, but you will not be disappointed between home tours and activities and the learnings that we have um, dedicated for the group. Uh, It's going to be great. And early bird registration is open until December 15th, but we have hotel information and things like that to give out uh, when you register now, because I know everyone likes to do their um, a lot of the planning as soon as they get their ticket. So we do have more information available to you for that. Um, but please, if you're interested, if you have questions, don't wait, reach out to me now. Um, again, this is a limited space event and we do fill up quickly. We've had so much interest in this one and quite a few have already registered. So if you're interested, again, reach out to me, Cheryl at businessofdesign.com, ask your questions, um, I will get you whatever information you need to make that final decision, but if you can get in in the next couple of months, we really do recommend doing that. But anyway, details for all of these are on the website, head to businessofdesign.com and we hope to see you in person at one of our 2023 events. Thanks so much.
2: Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Seldon. and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too.
0: Ryan, how you doing this morning?
3: I'm
2: fantastic, Kimberly.
0: You, I can tell the kids just left. You like have that, I don't know, that shell-shock look of a parent who's like been busy all weekend and you finally got some peace.
3: Yeah, and now we'll just keep it going today as a work day.
0: I honestly, yes, I I know, but I'm going to take next week off, so that's why I'm killing it over a holiday weekend. But thank you for doing this. So I was given Ryan Heck uh, before we started recording because his website is just kind of the basics. Uh, and I told him, you have to call Cheryl. Cheryl does amazing websites. Uh, that is her. That is another job that Cheryl does. And she's really good at it. She just relaunched Kimberly Sutton Design Group for me. And I'm really happy with it. But uh, the, the upshot of that is there's no bio. So you have to tell us about Scott Ryan Construction, Scott Ryan Homes.
3: A bio on us, I guess. Like both myself and Scott, we, we grew up in the industry and uh, and we've been you know struggling through um, since day one, and that was uh, twelve years ago now um, when we got together, and one job just led to the next and to the next, and here we are today.
0: Well, I'm going to say this in all sincerity: we did our first job with you guys. It started about two years ago, and I was so anxious and nervous about working with a new contractor. <laughs> But you came highly recommended, and that's happened to us before. Someone's been recommended, and we've been so disappointed. And you guys have been incredibly responsive, so professional, and so talented, and I'm so thankful. I just feel like you're in a position where you guys are just going to explode and become huge. And I hope you'll keep the heart and soul of the company, because that's what makes it so great to work with you guys and the talent.
3: Yeah, that will be our goal, just to not grow bigger than what we can manage, right? So that's a struggle every day.
0: Some would say that's a happy position to be in, which I'm sure is true. And they're eager to build their business and have more work. And others can attest to the fact, and I count myself among them, that growing too big too fast is usually not a good idea either, right? You can then find yourself in a position where you have a lot of clients, but you're not making them happy and you're not profitable because you can't manage all the things, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's wise to be cautious. Ryan, I wanted to ask you today what it's like, because I I shared that um, when I'm working with a new contractor or a new trade, it's a lot of anxiety. I'm super anxious. What if it doesn't go well? What if they don't, What if they don't have integrity? What if they're not their word? You know, all that stuff. What about you when you're working with a new design professional? What goes through your mind? What are some of the things that they do that make your job harder? And what are some of the things they do uh, that can make your job easier? Because we all want to work better with our trades.
3: Well, the benefit of working with the designer is that, you know, you get everything kind of mapped out for you. Right. So you're getting the drawings, you're getting details, um, all those things are worked out before we've even stepped onto site. Right. Um, one of the downfalls is if there's changes after a certain um, something's been started or, or, or we're working on and then we have to go back and, and do it. Right. But I, I mean, that's no different than working with a client or uh, or any other project as well. Right. So that's just a constant struggle that we have on every job.
0: Isn't it the isn't it our responsibility to make sure there are few changes? I mean hundred percent. Yeah. I've we've had more changes on the very first job we did with you than ever on any project. But to be fair, we hired (laughs) you guys to build one house or to renovate one house, and when we were just about ready to gut it and go, they bought a new house. So it caused a lot of chaos in terms of like, okay, you're ready, you've got people, you've got, you know, trades lined up to start this renovation. We're going to still start at the same time, but uh, guess what? It's a whole new house. So that made a little crazy for us, but I, I actually feel like it's my job to make sure that there aren't many changes. Now, sometimes somebody gets a better idea, you know, like you're all, you know, or like what happened to us. Last week, we decided we learned we can't put in a gas line. So now we got to do electric. But I do feel like it's my job not to make changes. So, what can we do to give you the information you need, all the information you need up front and avoid those changes?
3: Uh, I think you guys are actually on top of it. I think, like, the information, the packages you give us are actually very helpful. And I think they, you know, um, I give you my scope of work, you give me back my scope of work, right? Like, and you have it all. Laid out, so um, there's not much that I need more from you than than that initial package that you give before we start construction.
0: Okay, well, I'm just going to take a minute and bask in that glory. Um, it's funny that you said that you give us a scope of work and then we give you back your scope of work. That's exactly what we do. We use the language of the trade so if if our electrician gives us a quote, we send a quote request, the electrician gives us back a quote, we don't then rewrite it. We use the electrician's language, so we're all on the same page. but we've worked really hard to get all of our systems in check and make sure we Give the contractor a thorough quote request, but that probably isn't always the case with other firms. I'm guessing, right? Or have you been in a position where they haven't given you enough information to move forward, and that's frustrating?
3: Uh, Lots of times, usually it's uh, it's kind of like design on the fly, as I call it. Right? They come in, they kind of agree with anything the client might say, and that's pretty much it. Right? So it's a lot of a lot of merry-go-round, and then. They try to get the, the, they ask the question to the client and they try to pull an answer out of the client and then they just agree with the client. So all they're doing is collecting a paycheck for, I don't know, not too much.
0: Okay. Okay, good. So we're going to separate your, your jobs with us from jobs with other firms and just focus <laughs> on what we could all do better to work more efficiently and more effectively with all of our trades. So it sounds like one of the big things is you're seeing a lot of people acquiesce to the client. And, and I think the client's not the expert. The expert is the designer and the contractor. So I usually don't go to my client for a decision without saying, this is what I would do. This is what I want you to do.
3: Yeah. And I see that all the time with you guys. And that's why it's kind of a pleasure to work with you, right?
0: What do you see with other firms though? Like what's, what are some of the tr- challenges other people get into?
3: Uh, well, I mean, like if we're calling a meeting, right. You, they, in circumstances, there would be like the meetings there with the client and the designer and we're kind of all hashing it out together. Right. Whereas I think that like the designer and both the contractors should come more prepared to it already have the solutions when they're presenting it to the client, not, um, bringing the discussion. Like you're getting paid to do a job, but yet you're there and you're, uh, you're trying to pull the answers out of what the client, what you want the client to tell you. Right.
0: I think sometimes people do that because they're afraid to make a decision that might be wrong. And so if they make the client make the decision, in some way they feel sort of absolved. Does that resonate with you?
3: Yeah, it makes sense. But at the same time, if the client's not happy with the final product because they made the wrong decision, whose fault is that?
0: Exactly. Yeah, so I, I think it takes a lot of courage to make the decision, um, I think, but... In the end, I think that's actually why clients are paying me. Like, they don't want to deal with the 5 million decisions that have to be made. Like, the podcast that aired last week with you when we were on site, that was just a, like a fraction of the decisions we made. Should we keep the broom vac in the suite? And the answer, by the way, is no. She said, she said she's never used, she doesn't care. Should, right. Like there's a million things. What are we going to do about the cove ceiling in the shower area when we remove the walls? You know, should we change the cove, keep the cove, make the cove different? Like there were a million decisions we made. We didn't involve the clients at all. It's not their job. It's our job.
3: Yeah. And I think we, we go into this together and like both looking for the same outcome, right? We want the client to be happy with our decisions and happy with their new space, And uh, I think that's easily achieved when you kind of uh, eliminate another opinion almost right when they just like rely on you to make all those decisions and make it look beautiful at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, for sure. One thing I really appreciate with um, the contractors and the trades that we work really well with is I can go to them and say, you know what? I don't know a thing about gas lines. I don't understand it at all. What you're saying to me is gibberish. Tell me what I need to know so I don't seem like an idiot in front of my client. Like It's okay for me to have those conversations with my contractor.
3: Oh yeah, I I fully agree. and In the same sense, we lean on our on our contractors, right? We lean on the gas techs and uh, the HVAC guys to tell us, you know, um, that we're putting this in the right plot or we're not overworking the furnace or doing anything like that. Same thing with the plumber and everything else like that, right? So, I mean, we lean on these guys all the time and that's why you have to have like a good group and, and essentially it's not just one person. We're not we're not the only people in every project, right? We have all our trades and everyone needs to get, you know, uh, recognized for their, for their job and what they're doing.
0: Right. So feel free to have those conversations and hash things out with your trades, but leave clients out of it. Make the smart decision and then let the clients know, this is the decision we made. This is the way we think you should go. Of course, you have to have their approval, but you don't give them three or four options. You tell them, this is the way you should go. Wherever possible, I do make as many decisions as I can without the client's involvement. You know, the fact of the matter is they don't want to think about the coffered ceiling or the Cove ceiling in the shower. They want me to tell them what's going to happen. If it's not specifically called out on the drawing, then I'm going to have to make that decision on the fly and I don't have to run every solution by them. But that can be scary, right? Oh, what if they hate it? We did, we, I did give her two options with the uh, gas fireplace. You can lose a window and have a Gas fireplace, or you can keep the window and have an electric fireplace. I would have. I think I would have lost the window for the gas fireplace, and Ryan was fully like, "No, go electric." And the client was smart and went electric. It was the smart thing to do.
3: Yeah, it definitely was. I think it's it's the basement, right? Um, They have another a few other gas fireplaces in the house. They're not going to lose it um, for being down there. And how often are is it going to get used, right?
0: What are the other challenges when you're dealing with a designer who's maybe new or doesn't have confidence? I know you said sometimes getting a detailed scope of work from them is challenging.
3: Uh, material like sourcing, like being ahead of us, right? And that's one thing I try to do, even when I'm not working with designers, is is uh, always have like we. Would, I'd rather have the materials there waiting for us than we're ready and we're waiting and we've lost a, a schedule that we might have had with the Tyler um, for installation because the tiles aren't on site or they're back ordered or same thing with plumbing fixtures and things like that. Right. Like, so I think, um, sourcing everything, having everything ready before we need it is, uh, one of the most important things.
0: What about timelines? How do you manage designers expectations around timelines?
3: I think that is my job is just managing people's expectations, right? So constantly keeping people informed, right, uh, is the biggest thing. Like this job, no day is the same as the next and everything else like that. But um, basically having people, letting them know weekly updates, uh, progress, emails, you know, at the end of the week or at the beginning or letting uh, clients know on, on smaller projects that, you know, guys are going to be showing up today or they're not, right? Um, everyone's schedule changes on a daily And uh, surprises happen and it's just about, you know, everyone, people aren't going to get annoyed or frustrated if they know what's happening or why something happened or didn't happen, right? So we try to do our best to uh, be responsive to emails, always answer a call or get back to someone and kind of stay ahead of any issue that might arise.
0: You do a really good job of that. I want to talk about timelines and budgets. Um, I know sometimes that uh, contractors and trades will get a lot of pressure on on price or timing. You have the designer who's desperately wanting to meet the client's budget, and they come to you and they say, "Yeah, everything is great. This is everything we want, but we just need you to shave, you know, twenty percent off, or we need to cut it in half, or whatever." Does that what does that happen? Do you find you get yeah, pressure? Yeah, it happens. Go ahead.
3: Oh, I just get, all the time I get pressure all the time no matter what I put any proposal out there and people just feel like it's a negotiation uh tactic, right? It's it's like, "Oh, you put that out, but it's it's uh we can work on that price." and not really, right? Like so, I mean, um we have our our costs um at like running any business, uh overhead, everything else like that. And we have our guys and everyone gets paid well for what they do. Um, at the end of the day, yes, there is profit, but that profit key just kind of feeds the machine. It keeps everything going round and round, right? It's not like, um, you know, we're, we're getting rich off of one job, right? We've been doing this and every day it's a struggle and you just keep moving forward, right? That's all you can hope for. But uh, yeah, people do come to us and they always just think like, oh, that's, that's your management fee. That's negotiable. Uh, no, it's not. It's not really negotiable. We'd rather walk away from the job.
0: Do you find designers will do that to you? They'll say, oh, this is too high. What can you do?
3: Uh, I think everyone, like, yes and no, right? It all depends on the project, which I get it. I get everyone has a different budget um, depending on uh, their circumstances. But at the same time, there's, you know, there could be another contractor that's willing to uh, work in that budget, right? It's just I different, different never...
0: I never ask my trades to give me a lower price. Never, never, never. They get paid well. That's really important. If they get paid well, they'll do their best work. They'll show up if there's a problem. They'll come back if there's a deficiency. If they're not getting paid well, you're going to miss out on all of that good stuff. I never try to negotiate with my trades, ever. So I think that's a habit that designers should never. I've I've gone to a trade before and said, listen, this isn't in the budget. We're going to cut some things, in order to get to the price, but I've never asked the tradesperson to say, I need you to cut your price so my clients can have more of what they want for less money.
3: Yeah, no, and it, it makes sense too, right? Like at the same time, like, uh, like we just discussed, right? So all these guys are doing um, what they need to do to survive, right? This is their livelihood and not the same. Yeah. You don't want to be ruining relationships. And generally that's what it comes down to is like, we, I pretty much know what everyone's going to charge when i do a budget on a home right so i mean we've been doing this long enough that we're in the realm right some guys might be a little bit higher some guys might be a little bit lower but at the end of the day if my budgets align then that makes me happy and in turn makes the client uh, understand what they're getting right because uh we don't have overages or or anything in comparison
0: Yeah. And that's important. Um, We like to end every episode with something we call design intervention, which is just a great piece of business advice. Do you have somebody taught you something at some point, and this is like a piece of business advice you live by?
3: You can't, uh, I guess you can't you're not going to just get anything, right? You have to wake up every day. got to work hard for it. And if you're not working hard for it, then there's no way that you're going to move forward in life, right? Then that's just life in general, right? It could be business. It could be a relationship, um, anything, getting over any hump, right? You just got to work at it and uh, kind of try to envision an end goal. And if you, uh, if you envision it, chances are you'll get there.
0: Love it. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking time to do this on a holiday weekend.
3: No problem. I enjoyed it.
2: Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today.